0: You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Hardin, and today we're talking about important routines for every type in marriage. I think that as a seven, this topic actually scares me a little bit and I want to run from it a little bit because I know, and you know this too, that sevens do not love routines, but they're tried and true. We know they work. And so yes, even as a seven matures and grows, we find routines and rhythms in life, and that is important to survival. So I don't want you to think that sevens have no routine. Many of us have typical school and work routines that make us thrive, but trying to talk about them and nail them down can be a little bit scary and a little bit different for us. Although my family loves routine and thrives on it, and my four even used to sleep, I kid you not, With a list on her head. So we are going to really have some fun as we talk about healthy routines in marriage, what they look like, what they can look like for you, and what I want you to make sure you're really aware of as you step into more and more marriage health every day. I also want you guys to know that I'm doing a special training for coaches, pastors, and counselors. So if that fits you, you can stick around for the end of the episode where I tell you a little bit more about that. So, I also want you to stick around for a great freebie at the end because as we're talking about all these types of routines that are so important for your marriage and for you, I have a checklist for you to go through so that you can actually make sure you're on point for all of your own routines. So, yes, even though sometimes they make me crazy and I'm like, no to routines, I know how good they are for most of us, and even myself in so many ways as you'll hear how routines have blessed me over my life too. So I'm really happy that we get to talk about them. If you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about how important it is to take 10 hours a week together of no stress time, and if there's anything I could say for your marriage that's the most important step, and I talk about this all through my Relate and Release programs with each couple I work with. I really want you to understand to get that true R&R, which is what Relate and Release stand for, you have to give the priority to your marriage of some time together to just relax because you have 115 waking hours in your week and some of your routines need to center around each other and there needs to be a regular rhythm. So this is where even if you are a seven or an eight or a very busy three, you may say, oh, it's so hard to imagine that we would have a routine because whatever. If I get a work call, or what if I don't want to be tied down, or I want to live big? You have to realize in order for any relationship to work, there has to be consistency and some trust built in. So even if the routines have a little flex built in, the 10 hours can shift a little bit. You do need to remember that those hours together are so important for no stress time where you're just decompressing. And I always like to think of that scripture in Ecclesiastes where Solomon is thinking about everything we can do for wisdom. And he says, it's so important to enjoy your wife at the end of the long, hard days. So take a listen at that. If you haven't heard it lately, I actually was listening to Ecclesiastes last night. I didn't intentionally listen, but one of my nighttime routines is to read the Bible at night on the Bible app. And I love how there's prayer apps now with it. It's so cool how they keep continuing to develop this. Tons of teens are on it, not as many adults that I'm friends with, but some, but I do love seeing the next gen so digging in at the Bible app. And I am on there just to read at night. It's very peaceful for me. And it brings me down off of my seven and five kind of investigations and all kinds, seven, five, six, I should say. All of us thinking triad people, we love to research and to just watch people and to look at our social media. But when I'm reading the Bible at night, it's a great nighttime routine. And I was reading Ecclesiastes last night, just reading it with the dark background because that's a blessing to to my spouse and I that I don't read with bright lighting. It was so funny because I fell asleep to it. And all of a sudden we both <laughs> woke up to apparently my thumb pressed and was still holding on to it. And we woke up to this man's kind of like really monotone voice giving like this weird tone to the book of ecclesiastes in this surreal way and he's just like do not let the sun go down on your anger it's like oh my gosh like that was freaky So yeah, that was really sweet of my husband to be nice about that. Because I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, that's okay. And I think as a one, he was like, oh, that's sweet. She's reading her Bible versus grr. She's waking us up because he's definitely had a few of those moments over life too. So anyway, it's really important though to keep these kinds of talks and routines in your marriage where you're having that 10 hours and where you have some rituals and routines that bring you guys together. And the one I just mentioned, the nightly routine, we'll get into now some kind of going backwards here, counterclockwise, I'm a left hander, always been different. So bear with me. But nighttime routines are really really important as a couple because as I mentioned on last week's podcast, they really help you to connect. And it's so nice that we've started this routine of not having our phones next to us during a certain amount of conversation at night. So what was happening to us during COVID was we were just looking at Twitter and Facebook and my husband being a social subtype really probably felt like he needed it. Me being the researcher type, I really wanted to dig in and just sit there and look and lean in and just wonder about things. And we were both enjoying it, but it was starting to mess with our marriage routines and our marriage vibes a little bit. My husband said no, but I felt it. I was like, okay, I feel like this is too much. And he's like, oh, don't even worry about it. Like I wasn't mad at all, but I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't feeling connected to you. And what you guys have to pay attention to is when one of you isn't feeling connected. It doesn't necessarily have to be both. To be honest, my husband has a very different way of connecting with me. As a 136 social, he can connect with me on a very different playing field than I can and feel so good about our morning routine and our conversations and our time with the family and our physical intimacy. And if that was it, he'd be probably so happy and fine with that. And I more really enjoy, just gentle conversations and romantic times and things that bring us together on an emotional connection level. So I had to speak up about that. But he was so sweet to just say, yeah, that sounds great. Like he was very chill with it. It just never would have occurred to him to think about like, oh, yeah, now that it's COVID and we're looking in on our phones at night, we're not doing that anymore. But I was missing it. I spoke up and that's what I want to remind you guys about is it? I'm not saying you have to share my routine of falling asleep to Bible app or that you have to take a few nights a week uh, with your spouse, but I am saying that if you don't take any time at night together to do any routine, then you find yourself in dangerous waters, and many spouses really like their physical intimacy to be at night, and planned intimacy is typically a great way to make sure intimacy happens. So as we shift into talking about intimacy, I want you guys to realize routines are very important here too. And I've worked with so many couples over the years that tell me, Krista, just putting the word routine with intimacy really is disgusting. And I get that. And a lot of them are not sevens, by the way. So that kind of goes with that whole stereotyping thing. Like some sevens love routines, some don't. Um, but doesn't mean that you have to be a seven if you're just like, oh, I like freedom in the sexual arena. It's like, no, some of these couples are like, I love to have my intimate time with my spouse when we're in the mood, when our pheromones are feeling it, we are connecting on a soul to soul level. And I want to tell you guys, and I always tell them this too. That is fantastic. I would never want you to stop that. But what I've also noticed in the trends show us is that couples who are intimate more than one time a week or one time or more rather do have a better life with satisfaction maritally overall. So, a lot of the time when we're waiting for romance to happen, one or both of the spouses is privately growing weary, feeling rejected, feeling unwanted, unseen, unloved. And so, we really need those routines as well as those romantic moments, is how I'm going to say that for those couples. So, make sure as you're gathering together your nighttime routines that you're thinking about intimacy routines. And I know one couple who is hilarious and they're like, Wednesday is hump day. That's our day. I know another couple who says Sunday is our relaxed day. That's the only day we both have off work. I know several couples like this, actually, and they're like, that's our day. We always try to be intimate while the kids are having the nap. Of course, most women versus the men in the relationship say, I'm so worried the kids are going to hear us not always this way, but sometimes the men are like, I'm not as worried about that. It's okay. We'll make sure to lock our doors. But I think it's important that you both find some safe, comfortable routines for your intimate life. And I go through that in much more depth in my whole release program because we have an entire chapter devoted to all those important intimacy issues. But that's a good one that really gets you talking at least is to say, what is a comfortable intimacy routine for us? What is a comfortable nighttime routine for us? Because that can make all the difference. And It puts it on the calendar as a priority, not because it's something that you dread. It's not like the same thing as the routine dental cleaning. It's actually saying we get to have intimacy. So for those ones out there, I know a lot of one spouses that I work with, especially females that say, I really like to take a shower right before. I like to make myself smell nice and have nice lotions and just feel clean before I'm going to get close. So it really brings some safety and fun and permission to be spontaneous. And for fives, it reminds them not to use all of their allotted energy for the day. For a nine who loves routine, it makes that nine feel like I'm not really being snuck up on or it makes the eight feel like, ooh, I get to prepare for this fun delight where we're gonna just devour each other. And it also for any type, I'm not sharing every type because I could easily, but any type may need to prepare for sex in even the mechanical way where they need to make sure they prepare with supplies and that's okay, that's important. Lubrication is an important supply for for a lot of couples depending on which season you're in and it's okay because we have a cyclical hormonal cycle as females where more or less we have to pay attention to lubrication and we also have males who have just issues where they're like my libido is higher at certain seasons of life or even times of the day or work stresses so sometimes there's a medication and you need to make sure that you have that on hand or take it a certain amount of hours or moments before so it's okay to really be planning and routine with your intimacy and I suggest it overall but I also want you to keep in those barbaric fun just like okay let's go at it moments two together if that's your thing no pressure if it's not because for you I don't want you to feel one bit like you're guilty if that's not your thing but if it is go for that too. I also want to recommend that you guys do have a recreational routine together, not that you do all the time. You've seen me post if you're on my IG with Enneagram and Marriage that sometimes I'll even go out into the woods and jog with my husband, but he'll be ahead of me because his legs are way longer and we were on the track team together as I've shared before. There's no competition there. It's like I'm a long distance person. He likes faster running, But it's fun to be out there together and some of the time we find ourselves doing either one of my faster runs or one of his slower runs together or stopping to do push-ups together. It makes him feel really like he has somebody to perform for with his little bit of that three-side going. If he is, I'm watching him do push-ups and it's just fun. It's like you get your spouse's attention, you get revved up, you get to do. I've seen so many of you guys on IG as we talk together doing so many great things together. Some of you are telling me on your dates right now, even during covid you're walking together, you're hiking together. My husband is so itching to play tennis together, and I am too. That's one of our favorite sports. I used to be on the tennis team while he was on the football team. And actually one of our wonderful moments that I still remember is that this teacher came up to us one day when we were in the cafeteria lunch line together and she goes to me, how does it feel to be dating the quarterback of the football team? And of course I felt that little bit of female like what, like, why are you a female who's supposed to be leading me on female empowerment? And that was actually her role in the school was to be that kind of fun almost new age feeling teacher who's vibrant and really cool. I already said cool, but you get my point. She's somebody who you looked up to as like, she's with it. You know, she gets that I love listening to the Cranberries and she probably listens to Nirvana. And that was the era for all of those types of songs and grunge. And she said that to me. So I was just dumbfounded. And then Wes said, well, I really like dating the captain of the tennis team. And I was so happy. I was like, Oh my gosh. Thank you. And as you can hear all these years later, what is this like? That was 1997. We were in our senior year of high school. So this is now over 20 years ago. And I'm still remembering the thrills of the recreational moments together. And even though my tennis team kind of sucked, it was fun. We had a great time together and I do love tennis and I still want to play with him. And I'm so happy that he's reaching out to me and the kids to do fun things like this. So Reach out to each other. And in fact, in his needs, her needs, Willard Harley says that's the number two need for males. I share that a lot because it's an important statistic and it can be something that can actually really hurt your intimate life. And I don't mean sexual. I mean, just your closeness together. If you don't remember to do fun things that get your bodies moving outside of the home sometimes so even if you're just outside on a walk and we can't play tennis right now so what we have so many seasons of our life where we can't play tennis often ironically we live in a place even right now where we can see a tennis court (laughs) we can't do anything about it. At other times, we've had apartments where we had a tennis court outside and two little toddlers while he was in medical school were like, we can't play. Like we tried once. It was a complete disaster. We were hitting our kids with tennis balls. It was so stupid. I'm embarrassed to think back on it. Like, why did we even try those poor little girls? (laughs) But but that's why they're both withdrawing types, clearly. (laughs) So anyway, basically, it's so important for you to keep recreational time together. Don't hit your kids with tennis balls. In the meantime, take my advice it doesn't it's not worth it it'll leave you with a little bit of trauma but as far as outside of the intimate and recreational routines that yes you can even do during covid and even the routines to make sure that you guys are having some time to yourselves I want you to make sure that you also have an emotional check-in kind of a routine because that is something that I really labored about when I was preparing for this episode, thinking about how to present that to you because everybody is different. And again, I don't want to make people feel boxed in. I I can picture some of the men I've worked with and the couples just bracing as they hear me say, do a weekly emotional check-in. Because to think about doing a check-in every week for a lot of men or even some women Feels exhausting because they're like, it's almost like doing an emotional root canal every single week. And maybe we've had a pretty good week and I don't want to do that. Or maybe I would rather do it once a month or every two weeks. I'm okay with that. Some people do this every single night. It's a routine called shared withholds where you say a couple of things that you really like and one thing you don't. And the other spouse says, thank you back. That's not my deal. But I really do enjoy talking during a weekly basis with my spouse to have a check-in. And we talk in the mornings as well, which we'll talk about morning routines, but we really need that in our marriages at some point. So I am going to leave that one open to you. You might see me bring out a marriage checklist in that way at some point as a future freebie, but I'm shying away from it today because I really understand during COVID especially, people don't want to feel boxed in. And sometimes you might even be fighting more in front of the kids during a time like this. So I'm not going to say this is a must, but I really want you guys to know that it's everything for you to make sure that you do have some way to connect emotionally about what needs improvement, what's going well. So on our Enneagram and Marriage list this week, that's what I'm sending out in the Monday newsletter. So just make sure you visit the website if you would like that. Enneagramandmarriage.com because right now at reflectionscc.com you're going to find the other information, which is about the training for the R&R. So anyway, it's not just the emotional connection that I have on the freebie for you. It's not just the spiritual connection of the Bible study or the intimate connection. It's how you guys can help each other to work together to define this. And I give you this freebie with the sense and the knowledge and the hope and the fear that you're going to use it well and that you're not going to use it to suffocate another person. Because obviously that would be the absolute worst. As a marriage helper, that's the last thing I want for you guys is to make your routines a prison and especially as a seven marriage helper, I want you guys to have good self-care. And if you didn't hear the last three episodes on physical, emotional, and spiritual self-care, make sure you go back to those because as much as I want you and your spouse to thrive, I went through every single type and gave you specific details on how you can personally thrive so that even if your spouse isn't part of these routines, you can create a healthy sense of them for yourself. So grab the freebie, but don't control with it. And then let's move on to talking a little bit more about another type of routine, which I think is probably the most important routine for a lot of families and couples. And that is the around the table times routine, because as you guys know, eating together and breaking bread together have been traditions in culture since the very beginning of time when we had to, of course, survive and eat together around the fire. So I really want you to make sure that you understand the depth and the longevity that people have taken to try to keep this in practice. And in how only the last 50 years or so have we really experienced the great effects of not having table time together and the fast food culture and the TV dinners and all of that and how that takes an effect on family. So even though we pull hard to do everybody's different activities that we all like to do and make sure everybody is self-actualized right as a culture we want to really make sure we take time for these important traditions that have kept us as family to give us that definition of what it means to be together especially since during COVID so after COVID you have to realize Even if you're listening to this after COVID, who are your people? Ask yourself that and make some time for them. And an easier time to do that than many other times is table time, and it creates a deep intimacy that we don't even quite understand. It's a beautiful time. I do recommend Shauna Niequist's book about just how she goes around the table with her family. It's a beautiful way that she illustrates, and she's an Enneagram Seven that she really values that time, and she puts in different recipes and wine recipes that she loves. Well not wine recipes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she doesn't make the wine, but I wouldn't be surprised if she did. She is such a fun writer and such a creative person who really has not just underscored, but really deeply given us the understanding of why the table time is so important. But as far as the adventures that you can have around the table, don't think that it has to be dull. You can do the pre-planned fun dinner time questions like if you could have anything to eat and you had to eat it for the rest of your life and only that, what would it be? Or if If you could find yourself on a desert island with one person only, who would that be? And it's like these questions are really good ones to keep the family going and it might make your dinner time a little less painful for those who would rather be on their phones and working or by themselves. So keep it respectful. Don't ask questions that are triggering questions like, hey, you said I wasn't your person you would take on an island. Like that might not be if it's a volatile couple, but I really want you to understand table time can be given some life if you are creative with it. If you say, oh, let's go to allrecipes.com and make something really good together. That's one of our favorite websites sites over the years. Or if you say, let's make sure that we pray together because leading into another ritual, spiritual time, prayer can integrate into both of those times. You can have that as part of your eating ritual and routine. And you can also have it as part of your spiritual routine. And we don't get to do this seven days a week, maybe together as families, but sometimes we can, where we can say, okay, these three nights are open. And I know that's how we are. We have about three nights where we're together, where I'm not seeing clients in the evening, where my kids are not doing sports since I try to put those all together, generally speaking, because their practices are away from me. So it's like, I have to shut the door on their dance class. Anyway, might as well get my work in so I'm creative and that makes me be able to have nights with my family which is a very high value for my one husband because I get to see my kids during the day more and he really values that time not only in the morning with me but in the evening with all of us and so do I once I'm in it I'm like oh I'm so grateful to him that this is a high value for him But it's really also a high value for me too. And if he wasn't there, I'd probably be the one saying, this is the super high value. So bring in your gifts and understand sometimes your spouse fills a role that you don't have to fill because they're already filling it for you. And the spiritual connection that we have had as a family through prayer have been, Those have been some amazing moments for us and my son comes up to me regularly for prayer and that's one of our ways of connecting since he's a six when he hits a moment of fear and he hears that he's okay and we sometimes pray together. He is so at peace. He is so, you actually see him do this huge long release where he's just, ah, and it's so beautiful to watch the stress fall off him and to tell him he's okay and He's very sweet and sensitive, and I'm so glad he has such a caring heart and wants to make sure he did the right thing. But prayer is part of that for us, just the acknowledgement that no matter what, you are loved, you are given compassion, you are given grace, and you don't have to be hard on yourself because some of us have been hard on ourselves over the years. And that prayer is a way for us to say, god carries my burdens i do my best and then my burdens are carried by somebody who is much more capable and strong than me and to do that together collectively as a family is a positive reminder And I know that God really has high value on prayer together. It says where two or more are gathered in my name in the Bible, I'm with them. And so I really think, and I know this with my classroom experiences and my coaching where we pray and my family, it's a wonderful routine. So whether it's right before bed, over meals, however you feel comfortable. This is a fantastic ritual for you and your spouse to get into. And when my husband and I were first married and we didn't feel comfortable praying together, we would often do the James Dobson nightlight series of devotionals. And there's a little prayer at the end. And there's so many of those. The life.com has that and you can find it through your church. So if you want to, wherever you want to find one, you can find a ritual prayer too. Or you guys could see that our father every night, you could go back to the book of common prayer you guys can make it fun and different every night or do a prayer that each of you pray and I just want to make sure that you connect if you can spiritually in that way but sometimes you don't have a spouse that shares your faith so find a place where you can connect where you say let's just have a moment of peace together where we just lay down our burdens and think positively or think of gratitudes so there's always a way to connect spiritually even if it's privately in your head you're together and maybe your arms brushing up against each other so this is so good and healthy for marriage and i want you to know that's what i did one of my papers in my undergraduate years at a very secular and non-christian university it wasn't that the whole university said were non-christian but the psychology department in particular was very hostile towards christianity and it was a time when I was just coming into my faith, so I was really confused in the sense of the harshness. And now, of course, as an older adult, I understand how the church has wounded so many people, and I also understand that a lot of people are running from God. So I was really bold, and I wrote a paper on prayer and the efficacy of prayer and counseling to see for myself what it would really do. And I remember my atheist professor, who had a very tragic story as a backstory she shared it in class she gave me an a on the paper and wrote really nice comments on it and we found out that prayer was so linked positively to health in relationships in life and in everything so i really want to encourage you even if it's not with your spouse prayer is a blessing and it will make you healthier and I know it honors God as well and it's undeniable. So keep it up if you can doing a great job. I love it but if you're not that's a great idea as a place to start. So another routine that some people find a little bit more in the 10 hours a week is the date night routine and it can get really unattractive. Like you don't want to make it like oh we always go to the same bowling alley and it's no fun fun and it's I know you can't even in COVID right now we're all like that sounds amazing but what I'm really getting at is you can't just make it too routine and boring because I'm not saying that from a seven perspective I'm saying that as any person like you can't either make it crazy different every time and expect it to be this pomp and circumstance but you do have to understand that people enjoy a bit of variety in life and even if they're routined and they do like going to the same restaurant every week for the date night they do want some varied conversation they definitely don't want to hear about your great aunt every single visit unless she's like Oprah Winfrey or something so make sure that you really bring to the table engaging conversation and that's a whole chapter in my relate series but you really have to bring yourself to these dates even if they're at home dates Don't try to just say I'm showing up and that's enough. Try to be there. Try to be present. Try to look good. Try to make sure that you're engaged non-verbally because trust me, non-verbals are huge. And even if you're long distance and your dates have to be over Zoom, make it over Zoom versus speakerphone. That makes a big difference because there's little body cues that we can read, as I've said. So it's absolutely essential that you have some face-to-face time, preferably some even touch time on your date nights. And yes, it can go within that 10 hours a week, but make sure that you are are committed and that you're trying to find some creativity even if it's the same thing every time you take a date try to encourage the kids to go do their own thing as you guys some of you saw my family my husband created an epic date night for me this past week and I was so blessed I'm usually the planner and as you know I've told you guys so many times don't worry if you're the planner but typically I am and I was at the end of my rope in other ways this week and so I was really just tired by the end of Saturday night and that's not always typical for me because Saturdays are my favorite day of the week. So I remember just being kind of down and saying, "Let me take a jog." It's early evening and my husband's like, "I want to go with you." Turns out for a week he'd been planning this wonderful date night at home with the kids as our maitre d and our cook and our makeup artist and they were heavily tipped, but I really appreciated it and after our long jog where he ended up trying to delay me by even helping a turtle to cross the road randomly, it was so funny and odd I really was in a great mood and it just felt so good to be loved on as I said I need more of that romantic time than my husband anyway and he played in the hose with me afterwards and we both love that because as the seven it was just a fun way to kind of be like okay we are beating the 90 degree Florida heat that we already have and then to go in and shower and find this beautiful dress on my bed laid out that said put me on it was just like what this is so fun and of course, the dress barely fit, being COVID times, I was like, oh, somebody help me. But then my daughter doing my makeup, my four daughter and my nine daughter cooking a beautiful meal and watching them sneak off for their own pizza delivery. It was just so cute. And my husband had dance lessons on YouTube for me because we used to take tango lessons. And he's like, after COVID, let's go get back in some dance lessons. And I'm now more self-preservation. So I'm like, and they also have yeah lessons on YouTube. And he's like, yeah, either way, like we were both just in a fun, place of being able to enjoy the meal. And enjoy the company and dance. And then he let me watch whatever chick flick I wanted, which was so fun. And I offered either the new Emma, which I'm really desperate to see, and so are my girls. So I also was like, well, I'll just watch it with them if not, because I knew we would be watching it either way. And then one of my daughters is named after Jane Austen. So it's like obvious that we are going to watch that one for sure, like a thousand times. But what I ended up picking was I Feel Pretty, which is one of my favorites, which I knew he would love, but that he'd probably never give a chance unless I put him. In front of the TV and this a rare kind of a moment. So it was really fun. We had a blast. And then now I wanna tell you guys, even if you're the one who always plans It really made me feel special, loved, and I don't expect that every week. For me, it was a bucket list. You know I'm a seven. I was like, okay, one and done. I always loved the idea of seeing families do this kind of thing. I never said it out loud because I just thought this was a really cool thing some families did is get together and do a meal, and I usually thought it was the children, and I still thought it was great, but it was extra special, and it was God looking out for me that there was this special planning that my husband had done. So even if you're listening and you're not the one to plan, most of the time try to do something special I saw so much creativity this week on IG when I asked you guys what are you doing for your at home dates? Some of you are, like I said, you're walking, you're hiking, you're getting your body work. You're out there just having a blast in the sun now that it's finally starting to warm up. Others of you are going in the hot tub together. Others of you are taking time in to make your favorite food or to take a long drive an hour away to get your absolute favorite foods and supporting those local chains that are an hour away. And you're just out there doing creative things, even though you're at home most of the time. So I give you a lot of credit it or even if you're the couple because yes I do remember surveying you and 65% of you were not on IG having any kind of a date night I know that it's not easy to put it in but I do want to tell you it's absolutely a worthy routine it will invigorate you and it's really important that you don't talk about stressful topics on that date night so just keep it lighter Keep it more fun. Keep your subtypes in mind, as I've said on previous episodes, because although wings are important and Beatrice Chestnut says it too, if somebody is a self-prez or a social or an intimate, you want to lean into them on your date night, at least part of the time. So that's super important. And I want to let you guys know that some of your routines you do have to do on your own. So just as I said that sometimes your spouse has things that you don't always want to do, make sure you understand some of your routines they won't want to share. So don't control them. I know one of my routines my husband doesn't share, he's very simple with his body care, very detailed with his body care routine, but he's been using Irish Spring Soap since I do not know how long ever since I've known him. And I use this complex skin routine. And now I use, I love my newer one with Aveda, which is with Liza with a Z, she does it. If you follow her on Instagram, she has a fantastic skincare routine. And that takes me about 10 minutes. And that's not that long, but that's definitely more involved than his. And I'm not gonna demand, you have a skincare routine that's just like mine. I'm like, this is a value for me and he appreciates it. And I really think that you need some of your personal routines too because that one really blesses me a lot and it has absolutely nothing to do with Wes and I'm not going to stop my bible study at night because that's what I really love and I'm not either OCD about it where if I don't do it I'm upset at myself but I do like to do it it puts my mind in the right frame of mind and it gives me wisdom at the end of a day and it gives me peace at the end of a day and so most of the time I wouldn't choose to skip it but I'm not either going to be poking him and saying did you read your bible today or we didn't pray together and we did wrong because you don't want to Black and white with these. Just try to integrate them. And if you're struggling with your marriage and you want to grab one of my marriage programs, Relate or Release, they're both on Amazon under my name, Krista Hardin. But you could also, if you're a pastor or a coach, or if you're a pastor or a coach or a counselor of some sort, then you can actually take the training that I'm offering on Friday, May 15th. It's going to be recorded if you can't make it live. But I'm teaching my R marriage method, and I am offering $50 off to listeners with the code, because it's $150, with the code R and R, R A N D R. And you will get not only my three hours training of the R series, but you're also getting both of the PDF workbooks. And if you like, I can also, it will take me forever to get them to you snail mail, but I can send you also the actual workbooks if you like for free included in that price also, because I know that this is a tried and true method that I've used with so many clients over the years and I ended up putting it together because I was that bibliophile who had read so many wonderful marriage texts, not only what I had done my marriage thesis on in grad school, but all of the great marriage experts that I'd read and so many had so many wonderful things to offer. And as a systems thinker, as a seven- I integrated it in to a package after I early on in my practice as a young intern learned that most of my clients would not be doing all of the surveys from all of the various researchers on their own. And they said, I can still remember one woman saying, I love you, I have five kids and I'm not doing all these surveys. And I was like, oh my gosh, but this is what like I was told that I had to do because everyone needed all this. And so I really created these six and eight session programs to give people, especially guys love to have a roadmap, where it's like, we're not just gonna be doing this endlessly and there's purpose and we've integrated in the most important marriage elements. So I hope you're excited about that if you're a couple's teacher, because right now you may have some downtime or you may be just in a season of learning, but I really am looking forward to you guys taking a great turn towards marriage health, whether you're listening as somebody who's gonna go grab my freebie at enneagramandmarriage.com or if you're somebody who wants to take training to a deeper level and wants to go over to reflectioncc.com, which is my counseling and coaching center, sign up for that. Or if you're just somebody who's going to listen and probably grab one thing off of this podcast, I'm excited for you because you're on the journey of health and discovery and growth. So I hope you have an amazing week and I will look forward to our time together next week. Bye-bye.